Talking Single is a podcast featuring three strong women raised between Lagos and London, but we all live in London. We talk about life, love and everything in between, challenging stereotypes and questioning what it means to be a woman navigating life today. Our podcast is called Talking Single simply because it's what we do and who we are. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Talking Single podcast, where we talk about life, love, and everything in between. I'm Crystal, a recovering love addict, and I'll be the host of today's topic. With me are my girls, Keisha hey. and Ruby. Hey. Keisha is the stone-cold, uncoupled romantic. That's hey, me. Keisha. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and Ribby is the cautious romantic. Hey, Ribby. Hey, darling. How are you? And today we're going to be discussing feminism in the 21st century. So, ladies, are you ready? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Um... In one word, what comes to your mind when you hear the word feminism? Um, let's start with Ribby. One word. Mm. I'm going to cheat and go for two. Uh, <laughs> female prerogative. Mm. Mm, I like okay. that. Yeah. And Keisha? for me, I'm going to also have to use two words economic freedom. Economic Ooh, deep. Nice. Yeah, economic freedom. Okay. Um, so, feminism is a very broad topic, mm. and there are different kinds of feminism, and there's so many de- definitions to do with different aspects of it. So, um, I'm going to read an extract from a book called Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies. And it reads, at Girl Up, feminism is one of our favorite words and it's different and awesome wherever you go. Just as every girl around the world has her own version of what feminism means to her, No two people experience feminism in the same way, but each perspective is valid and important. Girl Up is the global leadership and development initiative positioning girls in the movement for gender equality. We're building in a community that is working towards a world where every girl has an equal opportunity to reach her potential and change the world, regardless of her race, religion, ethnicity, sexual orientation, age or ability. Every girl has a unique and powerful story to tell. So with that said, what I wanted to say is that feminism is different from everyone. It depends on where you were raised, um, even um, your race, because I would say that women of color experience or define, would define feminism 
in a different way from the way a white woman would probably. Mm. Mm. So the Oxford Dictionary defines feminism as the advocacy of women's rights on the ground of equality of the sexes and the liberation of women, which I kind of say, think is a very simplistic definition of feminism. Wikipedia defines feminism as a range of social movements political and ideologies that aim to define, establish and achieve the political, economic and social equality of the sexes. And I love this quote by Rebecca West, who was a British author and journalist, and it says, I myself have never been able to find out precisely what feminism is. I only know that people call me a feminist whenever I express sentiments that differentiate me from a doormat. So ladies, um, do you think that your family background how and where you were raised can define your views on what a feminist is. By family background, I mean how your parents treated and interacted, interacted with each other and the gender roles defined within your family unit. Um, Keisha, what do you think? Initially, my mom um, was very much the housewife, um, but later on she started, and that was much later into um, my the marriage with my parents, she started working and earning her own money. I think um, for me, my dad always believed that women should work because without, if you can't work, you become dependent on the man and in which case you don't have any choices um, and you're sort of at his mercy. So that's really defined why I think women um, need economic freedom. And once you have economic freedom, everything else falls into place for me when it comes to feminism. So, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Okay. Um, Ruby, what do you think? Um, so, yeah, obviously, my, my upbringing did inform my view about how I wanted to be as a, treated as a woman and what I was looking for uh, as a woman. It, it did inform my, my narrative. And, and I guess there were probably three sides to it. This one is how I saw my dad treat my mom. Um, one, the other one was how my mom allowed herself to be treated um, and then the, sec the third one was how they raised my sister and myself versus my brother. You know, my dad is a traditional Yoruba man with, I call it sprinkles of Western influence. And he, you know, but, but he married a woman that, if you look at it, is a traditional Nigerian woman, but with, again, sprinkles of Western influence. So she worked. So my first recollection of my mom was someone who had a family, was working, 
did not stop working even after she had me, had help, um, and had an equal voice to my dad, but chose to allow him to lead in some ways. And it was her choice. So I thought that was, for me, a beautiful way that they led the family. Mm. Um, I looked at how they raised my brother and my, and my sister and myself. My father really believed that as a woman, there was nothing I could not achieve. And that being a woman was not an excuse to not deliver whatever I wanted. Mm. And he instilled that in me. Yet, when I look at my sister, I realize that I am much more independent and much more demanding of equity within my male partner than she is. And I don't know how that happened because, Mm. you know, it, it really depends. And what it led me to is... Yes, there is an element of your upbringing that informs you, but there is a lot that is defined by how you see the world and how you want to live as well. And also, don't you think maybe society influences, maybe the friends she she had at the time or the people she hung out with in school? It's still ultimately her choice, right? Yeah, okay. You know, it's still your choice because, um, I mean... I could have said the same thing about the friends and as places I hung out with. She still chose how she wanted to live her life. And I mm. choose how I want to live my life. So there is a bit of nature and nurture, of course, but yeah. there is a choice that you make and you are entitled to make that choice. I'm not saying one is right or wrong, but it's a choice that you choose to make. And if you're happy with it, then you're fine. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I agree yeah, with that. I think, um, there are definitely women who have been raised in families where it's very patriarchal and maybe their mom didn't work, she didn't have mm. her own money, but then they saw that and they're like, I don't want to be like that. Mm. So it changed the way in a way, influence, it was negative, Mm. but it influenced them positively. Yeah. Moving on. With that being said, um, are you a feminist or not? And why? Um, Let's start with Ribby. Good question. I don't know because... I don't know that I have defined what feminism is for myself. Um, I will underscore that by saying I I am wary of labels because, you know, we said earlier on, people have different definitions on feminism. And I could say my definition of feminism works for me, but other people will judge me based on their definition of feminism. So I'm not yet at a stage where I know what that is but what I do believe in is you know this kind of female prerogative to do whatever I think is good for me and that's as far as I probably will go so am I one I I don't know because I'm yet to define it right um yeah interesting um Keisha what are your thoughts um I I do not know what feminism is as it applies to me. I I do realize there are many different definitions, but the only one that seems to resonate is the one about equality, um, um, social and political equality. Um, And the reason for this is, 
although I think women are capable of doing a lot, but I truly don't believe what a man can do, a woman can do better. I think both sexes have things that they are more adept at than the other. I think it's trying to separate it and saying, you you know, we're meant to be equal. I think there needs to be a little balance in that as to what that equality actually means, which is why the concept of feminism, I, I, wish, I wish that word in a way didn't exist. I wish it was more specific, you know, women should have this economic freedom or women should um, be able to do any job they like or women should be able to, I don't, I don't know if all of that falls under one particular name and one particular umbrella. Um, so I, feminism as a concept, I would say for me, means women being able to financially support themselves, be able to do jobs they want to do, be able to vote and not be restricted in any way. Um, but that said, I think um, the parts about uh, women, women having sexual freedom or women um, not having... Um, doors open for them if I take it to a very basic level. I don't think that should be part of feminism. Um, so for me, I never thought I was a feminist. And whenever I heard feminism, I always thought it was the radical, mm. we're going to break this and we're going to break it all down. So mm. I thought, nah, that's not me. That's not my... Mm. nature right but then I read this book and I I recommend it to every woman it's called feminists don't wear pink and other lies and it kind of debunks all the theories on what a feminist should be look like or do and I was like oh yeah actually I am a feminist because mm. If you kind of narrow it down, I would say feminism is equality for women mm. in whatever shape or form that comes in. And I believe that women should have it. And I would do my best to support that in my own way. And it might not be radical, it might not be big, it might be just in my little room here, or just being a role model. But yeah, and then I was like, yeah, actually, I am a feminist. So for me, I don't think a feminist is one thing. So yeah, that's what I think. Interesting. So Keisha, who are your favorite feminists, past or present? Okay, so I, I, I definitely don't have a favorite feminist. I have women that I admire like how they've lived their life or like the fact that they support the cause of women. Um, so, or, or like their profession or what they do. Um, for instance, I like Maya Angelou because um, she was, you know, always uplifting to women, um, you know, always wanted them to, you know, whatever happens to you, you can always get up, you know, with your full hips and your, you know, just, very body positive, very female positive. Um, I also like some of these um, young people coming up who, you know, some of these actors and actresses who are 
who I can't name right now, but who were showing that, you know, they can become producers and directors, basically, you know, and taking up roles that you don't necessarily think they'll take up. I'm not sure where that falls into in feminism, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I have a favorite feminist, but that's, I just admire women who are getting stuff done. Um, Ribby, how about you? Yeah, uh, this is a difficult one for me to answer because like I said, I'm still kind of defining what feminism means for me. And, and therefore I don't know whether women that I admire, I would say that they are feminists because I don't know. They might be, they might not be, I don't know. But um, there are women that I think, you know, are just from the, the point of view of, you know, be having that prerogative and ex exercising that choice and living their own life unapologetically. I think, you know, Keisha mentioned uh, Maya. I think her, the way she writes describes the kind of woman that I like, this kind of woman that is very confident in herself, this kind of woman that is, you know, celebrates herself, um, makes her own choices. So maybe not necessarily Maya herself, but the women that she writes about, I think those are the sources of inspiration for me. Cool. Um, for me, I'm going to go right now, like in this space, at this moment in time, um, some of the feminists, I don't know if they would call themselves feminists, but they're the women that I admire. One is Jamila Jamil, because she's debunking everything that people say the woman body should be like diets and all that. And I just love that. Um, the slum flower is quite a controversial one because people don't think she's a feminist, but I absolutely love her because she's unapologetic. And then Ashley Graham, kind of similar to Jamila Jamil in the fact that she celebrates the curves of a woman. So those are mine. Nice. So we're moving on to feminists, feminists and men. So there was this, um, while I was researching, there was this TV evangelist quote that I came um, across and it was in the 90s. And he said, the feminist agenda is not about equal rights for women. It is about a socialist anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism and become lesbians. An extreme definition of feminism, but hey. Oh, that's his ridiculous. Name was, his name is Pat Robert, Robertson. And he was a TV evangelism. Mm. But I guess he's an example of a man who feels threatened by the ideologies of feminism. So my question is, do you think that feminism strips men of their masculinity? And why do some men feel threatened by it? And how can we make them our allies? So Keisha, do you think feminism strips men of their masculinity? 
Um, I don't think it does. Um, An ideal masculine male should want a strong female beside them. So it really shouldn't. I think that just depends on the guy and what he considers masculinity to be. And that's my take on that. It definitely doesn't strip them. It just really depends on what the male considers masculinity to be. If it's to just have big, big muscles, to me, that's not masculinity. And if that's what you're, you know, gauging against it, then it's a non-starter. <laughs> um, how do you think we can make um, men who are, are antagonists, are allies in step? Um, I, I don't see why, you know, based on my own thoughts about feminism, I don't think see why a man would not want a woman to be independent and financially stable. I can't, especially in this day and age when everything is so expensive, it's, you know, you can't expect a man to carry all the burdens of finances within a home. So based on how I view feminism um, as economic freedom, I think, I don't see why a man would not want their woman to work. And, um, so I, I, I wouldn't see that necessarily as a, um, a reason for a guy to be antagonistic. And what would worry me is if a guy doesn't want the woman to work, I'd like to know why. Because that might be, you know, because the reasons behind that kind of um, logic would be anti-feminism to me. As in, you know, you don't want her to work because you want her to stay at home and look after the kids, or you don't want her to work because you think... I don't know, she'll get more money than you. I, I can't even begin to understand why a man wouldn't want a woman to work and earn her own money, okay. yeah. Um, Ruby, um, do you think feminism strip men of their masculinity? Well, it depends on what we mean by masculinity, right? So yeah. if we say... And again, just like feminism means many things, I guess masculinity will mean many things, right? So um, if we take some extremes, so if we say masculinity is the decision-making role in the family, the the one that makes all the choices in the family, being, uh, if I use my approach, which is the female prerogative, then it does. Because it means that you as a man, you no longer make all the decisions in the family. We have to make it together. And that's not a bad thing. If it we're saying it is um, financial freedom or if it's about being able to provide you for your family and all of that, then again, it is because you are no longer doing it. If we say masculinity is, you know, this kind of macho-ness or this kind of confidence that you have as a man, if it's about your manhood, if it is about your ability to be a man and to provide and that, it doesn't mean that you are stripped of it. It just means that you are choosing to partner with someone on that journey. So I guess it really depends on how you define it. At the, at the bottom line is, you know, one thing we have to be, well, I don't think we should pussyfoot around is the fact that whenever you have a dominant power that has to give away some of that power, there is a, there is a loss, right? So yep. there is a stripping away of something. 
So as women wanting to accept more control over their lives, whether it's financial or whatever, whatever, something has to give for something to take. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that it demeans you as a man. However, it doesn't mean that it takes away from your, your manhood. It just means, it just shows a different side to your manhood. And I think that's the point. So yeah, I think that's the way I see it. It should even enhance your manhood in a way because it gives you more opportunities to do different things together yeah. yeah i think um in a patriarchal society where it's all about the men seeing a woman lead is weird and strange and maybe just different and maybe some men just need time to get used to that um i think um, women also have a role in making men our allies because um, women who are mothers raise men, right? Some women. So I think you need to raise your children to understand that male and female are equal. And you know how in some families it'll be like, no, he's the male of the family. Sit down, don't do anything. Let the girls mm. do that. Mm -hmm. That women need to stop that. Uh, mothers, I guess, need to be the ones to teach their children, to, um, to their male children, to almost be feminists in the sense. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mm. feel like, um, I think but, even, even now, even now, I mean, I mean, we're, none of us are raising kids. Maybe we have friends who are raising kids and we can have those kind of conversations, but I think even our male friends, the kind of conversations that we have with them, or even the choices that we make, and none of us are in relationships, but you know, the friends that we hang out with, the guys that we talk to. Um, sometimes we, you, you can even hear from a comment that your friend makes, then you'd be like, say what now? You do not mm. enter the kitchen because of what, you know, or, you know, you don't help with the, you don't help Issues. with the baby yeah. or, you know, those kind of things are, those are conversations that we can have to say, you know, and, and kind of help them. I have to say though, I have a, a natural disaffinity to making a guy an ally i'm like if you're if especially in my circle mm. if you are not already an ally then we are not friends because i can't do that mind job with you your parents mm. should have taught you that it's too late mm. for you so i think also being choiceful about the people that i have around me yep um is important i guess not and, and i think you nailed that on the head earlier um ruby when you said that when you were giving the example of your sister that mm. she chose Mm. a certain way and um, as a woman you can choose to be that woman who always serves your man kneeling you can choose to be that woman to not let him change a diaper but mm. the question is in making that choice you know you can't now complain about it if you feel overwhelmed or if you feel you're like not an equal because at, at a certain point based on the people you have around you, you do need to make choices about, yeah. 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 You and that's part of, I guess, being, 
if we want to use the word feminist, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. But if if it that's what I believe it is about, you know, prerogative. It is your choice. And it's got to be a choice that you are comfortable with. So as much as I would not, you know, the idea of, you know, kneeling down to serve someone is an extreme example. I don't think, I don't know yeah, how yeah. many women do that these days. It's an extreme example. But if that's what you want to do and you are happy to do and you're doing it out of love and it's appreciated and that's your setup, I cannot tell you not to do that, to do that because you are a being and you have your choice. Mm-hmm. And we have to accept all extremes of that if we truly say it is about choice. It, it, we have to, whether we like it or not, whether we agree or not. So far as, as a woman, that's what you want. And I'm being extreme just to kind of make the point. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. That's fine. For example, I won't lie. If I meet a guy that is loaded, just saying, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to sit down at home and not work because he can take care of everything. I might dabble and do stuff that I like, but hello, you know, I want to be pampered too. Does that mean that I'm not a feminist? But that's why I say it's pro-choice. It's got to be what you want. I don't think yeah. if you're a working woman, that automatically means that you're a feminist. I'm working because I want to pay bills. You know, I would rather be pursuing a passion if it means brings no money if, there's a, if somebody's there. So that's kind of all I'm saying. I've even got a good example for you. You know, under the feminism umbrella, there are women who believe that... Um, pornography and um, prostitution are a woman's right to use her body the way she wishes. And there's another camp of women who believe that pornography or prostitution are controlled by men and is derogatory to women. And both fall under the, both of them fall under feminism. Both sort of camps fall under feminism. So I really believe that feminism is what you feel you want it to be. You know, and then you pick your, yeah, your choice. And then you pick your um, role models based on what you feel it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because some people could say that me or whoever being a porn star or whatever is sexual freedom. She's got a stripper. She's being sexually free. She's doing what she wants. So doing that, you can say I'm a feminist because I have ownership of my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess the underlying point is that you can, you are, you are happy with the consequences of your choice. You are Mm -hmm. comfortable with it. You are happy with it. Um, And you're not going to be like, okay, I'm needing to cook for this guy because I love him, but man, I wish I didn't have to then that, that's, that's not your choice. You're, you're doing it out of some kind of pressure. And that's, that, then that isn't the case. You've got to be comfortable with that choice. So we're moving on now to gender roles and feminism. So there are certain stereotypes in gender roles that feminists are contesting. One of them is women are caregivers and men are breadwinners. Because of this stereotype, even when a woman works full-time like her partner, she spends an extra nine hours doing more than him on childcare and housework. What are your thoughts? Um, Keisha. So, I think women's rights have come a long way 
And although that's still the case in some family homes, I think things have come a long way whereby, especially in the Western world, men are beginning to realize that if both parties are working, they need to give, they need to share in the caregiving. Um, And also these days, because things have changed so much, I'm not sure if it's fair to say women are the caregivers and men are the brethren, specifically because... The stereotype. uh, Well, the the stereotype, I know, but specifically the reason where, where I'm coming with this is women are naturally nurturing, um, and men are naturally um, sort of physically stronger. So I think, I, I understand the stereotypes, but I think we might have moved on a bit from there. Um, and I, I'm not sure if it still applies in the majority. So in terms of what I think about it, I, I think it's what you and your partner accept within your own home that works. And I think these days, because women now have a voice, they are able to negotiate with their partners what will work within the family. Um, Ruby, what do you think? So I think the caregiver provider has been, well, certainly the caregiver role for women has been that way because of our bodies. You know, it's been physically... The divide has been based on physicality. You know, we, 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 are, we are designed to bread children, da, 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 da. And therefore, almost naturally, it's assumed that because you've bred, you will care. Um, and, and, and also, I mean, if you think historically back in the day, there wasn't a need to have dual income households. Things have become even harder and therefore... It was for economic reasons that women started were allowed to start working in a lot of cases, um, and and so, but that does not therefore mean that because you're a woman you have to be the caregiver. You know, I I know of a few cases where it is a few where the guy is at home and the woman is working. Um, I know of more cases now, thankfully, where the role is divided between the man and the woman. But actually, even still today, you will see a difference. I give an example. I have a friend who's moved from Lagos to London, and they and she's married, and she's got two teenage daughters. Where did the t- daughters go? Did they stay with the dad or did they stay with the mom? Hmm. I'm sure you're thinking it's the mom, right? Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they could not stay with their dad mm-hmm. because they're teenagers. It's not like they're suckling, you know, they're grown ass mm-hmm. kids. They could they go to school. They're even, they're even in boarding school, mm-hmm. but yet they're with their mom and they're both working. Mm-hmm. And it is based on the premise that mom will be able to give more care. But to Kish's point, it is about choice. It's what the family decided. It is based on some stereotypes, but it is what they decided and that's what they wanted to do. But there is no reason why it has to be that way. But it is a choice. And it's a very difficult one to move away from. As I'm not a mom, but I would imagine as a mom, I would want my children to stay with me. Mm-hmm. And I would fight for that more than maybe mm-hmm. the husband would. But again, that may be a stereotype. So it's a really tricky one. Um, but it really depends on the family structure. However, what I would say, just to underline my point is, it is not just because you are you 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 born the picking doesn't mean that you have to be the sta- um, the, 
the caregiver. And just because you're the guy doesn't mean you have to be the one that takes out the bin every night. Mm. Like that. Yep, yep. I agree. So, I was having a discussion with a woman who is a mother and her husband is, you know, very liberal and he does help around the house. But we were having this discussion and she said she feels like our mothers sold us a lie in the sense that, oh, yeah, you're the generation that can do whatever you want. You can, you know, you can work and take care of the kids and blah, 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 and have help. But no matter from her point of view, and I've seen this, no matter how you dice it or slice it, when it comes down to it, she's the one that ends up waking up at night. She's the one that ends up taking care of the kids because husband works later. She, even though she's working, she still ends up doing more than she do, than she should do and that doesn't mean that her husband doesn't but that's just what happens mm. so and especially during the pandemic a lot of women are doing so much more because their husbands are working like they'll be like oh the kids don't don't let the kids disturb me they're in one room Mom has to work, entertain the kids, teach the kids, cook for the family, and make sure everyone's okay. Husband does help, but not as much as mom does. So, but it's yeah. still what's agreed within that family or what the woman expects. Because if she doesn't do it, what would happen? Because they're not, it's not every woman that's nurturing. We can't make that assumption. There's some women, men that are actually more nurturing than women. So if it doesn't get done, would it get? Would the man pick up some of the slack, or would it just not get done? Because sometimes people get obsessed about doing little things like keeping the house tidy and doing the dishes and throwing out the bins. But if it doesn't get done, the house just gets untidy. No big deal. Um, if nobody takes out the bins when it starts to smell, the next person that opens it will take it out. Who does the laundry? It's just what you decide within yourselves and based on the personality of either the husband or the wife, some will pick up more jobs than the other. Based, you know, it's what they've agreed to do. It is, it is it's certainly a, um, a choice, it's, but it's not an easy one. Where I would agree with what your friend was saying is that I think, I don't think our parents sold us a complete lie. I think they just did not tell us the amount of work it would take to get the truth that we wanted. Mm. So in a conversation with somebody where you're saying we need to be equitable in how we do things, there are consequences of that equitability that both need to agree. So, you know, if you're both working and there are kids and you need to entertain and you have meetings, if you don't have a conversation about, look, I know you have meetings, um, but I also have meetings. We need to do this kind of rota you don't have that conversation then it will fall into like instinctive roles which yeah. is what's happened yeah or yeah. if it's a situation of um you know or, or actually even a situation where 
the husband makes more money than the wife, you know, it's very easy for this assumption to be, I'm making more money than you. My job is more important than yours. So you will need to take, you know, some of the burden off me. If you don't mm. have that conversation, that I don't care how much money you're making. These are both our kids. We need to divide it equally. And it's mm. going to happen that way. So I think the, the whether, not the lie, but whether the fullness of it did not, was not made clear to us is you need to have those heavy conversations and give and take. It may not always be 50-50 every single day of the year, mm. but you need to have those conversations. And I think that's the harder bit, the shades of gray, you know, that's that's where it's, it's tough. Yeah, I, I also think that, you forget that when we talk of our mother, they were living in a different time where they didn't have as much equality and freedom as we have now. We might not be there yet, but we're definitely better off than what, you know, than what was going on during their time. So the choices we have and the fact that we can talk back to our husbands and say, no, this is what I want and this is how the equality will work might not necessarily be have, have been choices they had in the past. And so they raised, um, you know, or they, they, they spoke based on their knowledge at that time. Yeah. Um, I also think that if you, as you said, if you don't have those conversations, then maybe it's a subconscious thing. You just fall into mm. those roles like mm. women are the ones who are supposed to do this so you just do it and men yeah. are the ones who are supposed to do that and he just does that and mm. I guess that um you just you know it just happens so as you said it's mm. very important to have those conversations and know from the beginning this is what is expected of both of us yeah, it's important to marry the right guy as well that you can have the conversation yeah. with in the well, first place <laughs> choose wisely be able to communicate with this guy uh-huh. and I remember I was reading a book and one of the things the lady said was get a cleaner oh mm-hmm. yes gosh it's like if you can afford one make sure you have one do you know I really believe that because women are working there are certain things you have to say it is worth the investment Mm. a cleaner is worth the investment in your time you don't want to work monday to friday then saturday you're cleaning ovens and uh, why are you working then work to make your life much better man chill life is not and if you have somebody that doesn't like i knew (laughs) one of my exes said i don't need a cleaner i'm like are you the one cleaning my bathroom my friend get out of here (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're so right. You're so right. So, and I think that goes with anything. Um, on the back of what we were just discussing, do you think there are some shades of grey in male and female roles? Are there some roles that you feel are solely the main domain? If yes, why? Hmm. So I think there are shades of gray. Um, I, I think the way the world is today, I mean, I know quite a few of my friends from all over the world who are the main breadwinners. 
um, who, whose husbands are the house husbands, as they proudly call themselves. Um, but there are certain things that they cannot, at least naturally, physically do, like birth the child, like nurse the child. There are certain things that they cannot do. Maybe technology will make that go away very soon, but at the moment, that's not possible. So there are some natural, and it's, defi it's, designed, it's defined by our physiology, although, yeah, you know, things are evolving every day. And I think those ones are, are there. And then I think that there are those, those kind of um, passions that we have as individuals. So for example, you, as uh, I think Kisha, you were saying, you know, there are men who are wonderful nurturers and that's what they, they, are, they just have a calling to do that. Mm. Um, and they are the ones that want to change the diaper. Hell, if they had boobs, they would want to breastfeed. They're just so nurturing. And, 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 and they shouldn't have to not be that. And there's some women that, are just not, um, they're just not attached emotionally when it comes to things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I do think with those, ex with those kind of examples, there are shades of gray and we should not be held hostage to stereotypes of our gender when it comes to, you know, roles. And that's why, again, I go back to my own definition. It's really about the prerogative that you have and being able to stand up for that prerogative just because you you like something, you have to be able to kind of stand up for it and own it and be ready to deal with the consequences of having it. So that's kind of why I do believe there are shades of gray and it, it differs from person to person and also from relationship to relationship as well, how, how these things pan out. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Um, Keisha, what are um, your... In terms of the shades of gray, I'm going to sort of, answer it with the second question in where, where you're saying that are there some roles that you feel are solely the male domain? I think not. I, I think equality should be within physiological constraints or that there's nothing stopping people, male and females or, you know, genders from being equal. Um, so therefore, there will always be a woman who can bench press more than a man. There will always be a man who can bottle feed a child better than a woman. Um, fine, men cannot give birth, but I think physically that's probably the only thing that men cannot do. Otherwise, I, I don't think there are things that are solely the male domain. I think it's about what can you do? Just go and do it, that's it. Crystal, what about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree with you both. Um, I think, you know, we are evolving as a species, <laughs> if that's the word. Mm. And yeah, like there was a time when it's like, I can't change a light bulb, but women are changing light bulbs now. Women are, some women are DIY freaks. They can mm -hmm. set anything up. And some men just love taking care of kids. Like I've spoken to a guy before who said he doesn't mind being, uh, what do they call them? A uh, stay-at-home dad mm -hmm. while his wife works, where before that would be unheard of. Um, so, yeah, I think I don't, yeah, I think that there's nothing that should be solely in the domain of anyone. If you can do it, then, 
you know, do it. If you can't, then fair enough. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yep. All right. So we are almost out of time. Um, so I just wanted to say that um, in conclusion, I don't think there's one definition for a feminist. Um, I certainly didn't think I was one until I read, because I wasn't a radical feminist until I read that book that I um, spoke about in the beginning. And I believe that, you know, feminism should be whatever you as a person think it is, and it shouldn't be one thing. Mm. And so just because you're not out there protesting for sexual freedom doesn't mean you're not a feminist. And now we have just a few minutes for a rapid fire question, ladies. Cool. So I'm going to start with Ribby. Okay. So Ribby, mm. if a man uh, didn't pay on the first date, would you go on a second date with him? How would you feel about that? Rapid fire question. Okay, it depends on who asked who. Um, because first dates are normally, let's suss the waters, and it's normally like a coffee or something like that. So I never expect them to pay, and I don't care if they pay or not. I do care if they don't pay on the second date, because they typically would have asked to ask me on the second date. So if they, so first date, I'm not really fast. Second date, I am fast. So if you went on the second day and he didn't pay, would you go on a third day? If he asked me out on the second day and I got there and he didn't pay, I'm not going anywhere with him. That's a stingy ass guy right there. <laughs> um, Keisha. If you went on a date with a guy and he said, be it first or second, okay, no, depending on what you, what you define as first and second. And he said, let's go 50-50. Okay, actually, he asked you on a date and he said, let's go 50-50. Would you go on another date? with him hmm it depends how the date went if the date was really good i'd go on the second date if the date hmm. wasn't that good i wouldn't you mean if he had broad shoulders you'll give him For damn right <laughs> damn right <laughs> I still give broad shoulders a second chance. Give the broad shoulders. <laughs> they will sell you for broad shoulders <laughs> in the markets and collect change. <laughs> yeah. Crystal, what about you? I'm throwing really? it back to you. I have never, ever been on a date where a first day, or as you said, he asked me on a mm -hmm. date where the guy has said, either we go 50-50 or something like that. Never. They've always, be they white or black, they've oh always God. said, I'm going to pay. 
And but sometimes I would they don't find ask it you. so weird if a guy asked me on a day and didn't prepare. I don't know if I would go on a second date with that guy. I don't think I would. I'm sorry. And you know what? African girl. But that's got nothing to do with, in my view, that is just being polite and respectful. You ask somebody out, you are inviting them out for something. It's courtesy to pay, right? If I I ask you girls out, I will pay. That's why I don't ask you anywhere. (laughs) After that, I'm happy to go 50-50. But that Mm. first, second day, Dinner day, mm, yeah, yeah. Cool. Anyway, we have come to the end of today's podcast episode. Um, mm. Hope you all enjoyed listening to us. Um, please, you know, if you disagree with anything or agree with anything, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Send us a message; we will reply. And we're also on Apple Podcasts. Please review us and that's it goodbye and see you next time bye 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 everyone you've been listening to the talking single podcast want to continue the conversation then follow us on instagram with the handle at single talks podcast tag us on any post with the hashtag single talks and trust us we will look at every post you send then head over to our website singletalkspodcast.com where you can find all our podcast episodes. We are also downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play and other podcast platforms. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can also email us at singletalkspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have your comments, questions or even future topics to cover. Till next time, take care.